All right, I think we are ready to start this uh, webinar. I see that the live transcript is on. Um, so hello everyone, my name is Mike Janako and I am a member, a principal of OER Group and it is my pleasure to welcome uh, you to this webinar. Um, OIR Group is a group of police practices experts in oversight uh, and um, has been tasked with taking a look at the uh, action, uh, the way in which uh, the police department of San Jose, city of San Jose, responded to uh, the First Amendment activity that occurred in the days after the George Floyd murder in your city. But this is really an intent, intent to um, seek to hear from you, uh, those of you who have uh, joined us this evening, uh, about your experiences uh, last summer. In, in particular, uh, if you had a role in the summer demonstrations, uh, to hear from you about your experiences with regard to the, those demonstrations, um, how those went, um, your, any thoughts you might have on the way in which uh, the San Jose Police Department responded to the First Amendment activity in those ensuing days, uh, starting at the end of May and through the beginning of June. And then of course, any impact that um, the police response may have had on you, your friends, your family, or the city in general. So that is part of our assignment. And I think uh, our view, a very important and critical part as we begin to take a look at uh, the way in which the police did respond in the city of San Jose to, um, to protest activity. Um, OIR group, as I said, is an independent group of police practices experts. Uh, we have been doing oversight uh, of police agencies in the state of California and elsewhere for 20 years now. Prior to that, I was a prosecutor um, in, involved in Civil Rights Division and in the U.S. Attorney's Office involved in investigating and prosecuting police misconduct. Um, let me uh, talk to you about our role uh, and our assignment. We have been given an assignment to independently evaluate San Jose Police Department's response to the demonstrations in the city in late May and early June of 2020. Um, and um, it is entirely up to us to define how we um, evaluate that, but we are going to use uh, methods that we have used in the past and are currently using to make that evaluation. It will be a, um, an unvarnished uh, a, a report of which we have entire editorial control. Um, we are currently and have just completed a number of these projects. Uh, uh, the demonstrations, um, as many of you know, were nationwide. There was a national narrative and national fury and upset about the Floyd murder. And as a result of that, act, uh, um, protest activity occurred throughout the country. We have already completed a review of uh, the Iowa City Police Department and the way in which they responded to protest activity. We have uh, just released today uh, our review, independent review of the Santa Monica Police Department 
and the way in which they responded to police activity, to protest activity in their city. And last week, we issued a report regarding the Santa Rosa Police Department and the way in which they responded to protest activity in their city. Uh, as this assignment, as I indicated just a bit ago, uh, one of the um, one of our uh, assignments, and we appreciate having this assignment, is to listen to voices from all perspectives about that experience this past summer in your city. Uh, we are also are going to be looking at the raw material. By that, we mean the data, the reports, uh, body camera video, any other surveillance video, media video, uh, and any other information that is available for us to, to take a look at. We are uh, going to go into the actual um, raw data and the raw material in order to perform this evaluation. And of course, we're going to be looking at the uses of force, the deployment of tear gas, uh, the deployment of lethal munitions, and the public's response uh, to um, and concerns uh, about uh, the deployment of those munitions. We know there has already been a lot of discussion. Uh, we know that city leadership has already um, hosted those kinds of discussions, and we know that members of the San Jose community have been very forceful and candid about some of the concerns of, that have been raised in various fora uh, in this past year, uh, but we're helpful to, uh, to build on that. Uh, we're hopeful to build on that, and uh, we hope that this evening's discussion will be a kickoff uh, of, of listening sessions that we will be interested in holding. And then uh, we are going to produce, a, as I said, an unvarnished public report uh, that will fa be fact-based but will also be based on what we hear uh, uh, from individuals who attend sessions and participate uh, in dialogue with us uh, in sessions like the one we are just starting. You have probably heard uh, about as much as you're going to hear from me this evening, uh, but I did want to sort of set the stage so that all attendees would have an opportunity to uh, understand what our assignment is and why we have asked you to come this evening and participate. Wish we would that this would be an in-person meeting, but because of the pandemic and the continued concerns about that, uh, we're still in virtual mode. And maybe by uh, the time our assignment is done, we'll, uh, the city will be sufficiently opened up where we can have in-person meetings. But until we do, we're gonna do the best we can with the uh, platforms that we do that are available. I am now going to turn over um, the um, listening session, this uh, webinar, to one of my good friends and colleagues, Brian Kaur. Brian Kaur is the past president of NACOL, which is the National Association of Civilian Oversight of Law Enforcement, which is our oversight practitioners. It's our organization. And um, it is where we get uh, our, our um, information, where we're able to share information throughout the country with oversight practitioners. And Brian was a, a terrific leader during the years that he um, oversaw uh, the board and the organization um, and continues to be very active. He also um, is the oversight guru for the city of Cambridge, Massachusetts. So he's coming to us from the right coast, but by that I mean the East Coast this evening and, uh, and is sharing uh, time with us here on the left coast. 
Um, Brian, I'm going to turn it over to you. And again, thank you for joining us this evening. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you so much, Mike, uh, both for that introduction, but also for framing this discussion. Um, I'm just very honored to be able to be a part of this effort to help listen deeply to the community of San Jose and to ensure that your voices, your perspectives, your history around the incidents that happened are part of what the OIR group is able to include in its reporting and to help move things forward in the community. So thank you for having me be part of this. Thank you for having me in your community from the, uh, the wrong coast, perhaps, but I'm glad to be here. I want to start by reviewing these meeting agreements that we're asking people to accept. And our goal with these is to ensure that voices are heard, perspectives are shared fairly, equally, but also that it's a safe space, that people feel free to share their truth and also free to listen. So I will read through these agreements and ask that all participants do their best to abide by them. Now, I will share this time with other community members. I will allow, excuse me, I will allow others the space to offer their ideas and opinions. I will listen respectfully. I may choose not to speak at all. I will be mindful of how long I speak if I do speak. I will not assume for others. I will be respectful and constructive in expressing disagreement. So again, I know these, the issues that we're looking at are very emotional, troubling, and we also want this to be a space so that people feel free to speak. So thank you for your willingness to participate and be part of this and for hopefully accepting these meeting agreements as the basis for our time together as we listen deeply to the experience of people in San Jose. I also want to just remind people uh, that on Zoom, if you're on your computer, it, some of the things are obvious, but if you wish to speak, you can use the raise hand function. If you're on a phone, you do that with star nine. And if you are muted, which you probably are, to unmute once you're ready to speak, you will do star six. And also, if there are people who are watching this um, through YouTube or are watching on TV, there will be a Zoom webinar link that you can follow so you can actually participate in the discussion if you wish. So with that, we want to open up the session for your feedback. If you don't want to speak, you can offer us comments and questions at our website. You can do them by email to Mike at michaeljanaco at oirgroup.com. These are all ways for us to hear from you. So we do, do, do want to hear from you. Brian, we have our first speaker. Great. Um, we have someone who has identified as call-in user number one. Call-in user number one, I'm assuming you're on the phone. And if you are, please unmute yourself by using the star, excuse me, by using the star six function on your phone. 
Well, thank you for holding this meeting tonight. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you for allowing me to be the first person. But uh, my comments about San Jose PD are, are not good. They've been a horrible police department for decades. They're not – They. it's what they do and what they fail to do. And it all really started in June of 2016 when there were Trump supporters assaulted by a lot of people. And 250 San Jose police officers stood back – and sheriffs, by the way, sheriff's department – stood back and did nothing as people were assaulted right in front of their faces. They, they were – all intents and purposes playing pocket pool people were assaulted hit to the ground passed out they wouldn't even help pick them up now i realize that donald trump and his supporters are not popular but what that angry crowd did that day to those people was sinister and it was a stand down order from uh then police chief eddie garcia and Sam Licardo, they were forced to apologize to the people who were, who were violently assaulted that day. Now, how does that transform into what happened with George Floyd is now all of a sudden the people who they let do whatever – they only arrested one or two people this day in June of 2016. Now, fast forward to what happened with George Floyd. Mm-hmm. The chickens came home to roost. Now, all of a sudden, they were assaulting the police officers. And I got to say, I, I didn't feel bad for them. I, I even thought it was funny because I so, saw sir, how they stood sir, back and did nothing. I'm, 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 okay? I, 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 I appreciate your passion, and I apologize for interrupting. But because you are the first caller, I, I want to take a moment just to remind you and everyone that we're really asking people to focus on your role in the demonstrations this summer and, okay. and your experience okay. those days. I, I appreciate the history, and I know it is. Okay, uh, okay, but my, my role was having to watch that happen. Now, this okay. is my freedom of speech. This is my peaceful protest. This is my demonstration. I am pushing back on people about what happened, mm-hmm. okay? And now, last year, before George Floyd, I saw a park policeman berate two African-American families sitting at picnic benches at the Rose Garden. Now, a month later is when George Floyd happened. But I saw racism, hate, and these pe- the people who were sitting at those benches were not harming anybody. And that, this police officer was waving his his aluminum frame ticket book between the eyes of everybody acting like Derek Chavon. Now, oddly enough, he was a park policeman like Derek Chavon. Okay. Now this particular gentleman arrested me that day before all that happened and let me go mm-hmm. because he didn't have a car to pick me up, which was a lie. Okay, so what I'm getting at is the lies that are told by San Jose PD, the hate, the racism, and everything else. Now, he didn't bother me at the picnic bench because he had already cited and arrested me, okay, for drinking in public, which I did not do. He thought the can of beer next to me was mine. So I'm just – what I'm trying to get at here 
is this is the mentality of San Jose PD. It's racism, it's hate, and it, they, they just follow whatever the people tell them to do. They have, they have no critical thinking skills. They're violent. They, they like to threaten you with fines, with jail. That is who, is who works for that department. They are the biggest scumbags I've ever met in my whole life. I, I can't not – I can tell you story after story of things they've done to me, to my parents, to my friends. And if you are to go online, you can find how they've raped people and been caught for it, pedophilia. They uh, just fired a guy uh, for, sir, sir, for, for laundering $18 sir, million. I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 I need to stop you because – you are you. I hear your passion. I hear your anger, and we have. People, well, excuse me, sir. We have people. We don't know their experience. You are bringing up things that are so deeply troubling that I, I would ask you to pause because we don't know who's had what experience on this call, and you are naming things that are very painful and important. But for some people, they may not be something that they're able to hear and listen to. So, sir, I, I appreciate your passion, and I appreciate your sharing this with us. And I would ask you to, again, if there's anything else you, you can share with us about your experience specifically during the protests, I urge you to share that. And then after that, we will, we're going to do a poll to, to reach out to everyone who's here and get some of their in, information about why they're here tonight, because we, I hear why you were here. I, I, I understand. I'm sorry for your experience. I understand. I understand. And I thank you for hearing me out. And that if I would like to talk to you maybe in another channel and not be taking so much time for other people to be able to talk about their experiences. Can you promise me that? We can do that. We will talk okay. to you. So if um, I'm not the I'm not in California, but we have other people. That's okay. But we will make sure that we get your information and reach out to you. Okay, great. Right. Thank, thank you, you so very much. much. I appreciate it. You're welcome, and thank you. So, Teresa, do, are we ready for a, another yes, uh, we, speaker from the community? Yes, and please excuse me for pronouncing the name incorrectly if I do so. Ihioma is our next speaker. If you are available, please go ahead and unmute yourself and share your experiences with us. Yeah. Am I unmuted? You yes, are, thank you for joining us. Thank you, um, my name is Ihoma Umez Ernini. I am on staff at the River Church Community in San Jose. I serve as the Director of Compassion and Justice Ministries there. Um, I wanted to share particularly about uh, a march that I organized. Um, in the last uh, Sunday of May, it was sort of a George Floyd solidarity march. It was largely attended by um, a few hundred uh, people from my congregation. Um, it was a peaceful march. The, the um, content of it was as for us to march around City Hall in solidarity as a way of expressing um, our collective grief, as a way of expressing our lament for his death and the callous disregard of his life. Um, George Floyd was uh, held for, at the time we understood eight minutes and 46 seconds. And sort of as a symbolic um, 
distance of time with our religious organization, we marched around City Hall eight times. Um, so it took us over an hour to do so. Each time we would pass the police who were sta stationed outside of City Hall. And my experience during that was, was really positive until the very end of the time. So our group was marching peacefully. We had done um, our eight rounds. We were just closing with some speeches, closing with some messages, mm -hmm. and we were fired on by the police with rubber bullets. Um, so the entire march was live streamed because it was still in the pandemic, and there's some in our congregation who were not able to join us. And even in our video, you see us dodging the rubber bullets. And it really went from a very um, positive, family-friendly space to a really traumatic space. A really traumatic space where some of the older members of my congregation, it seemed like they might be having heart attacks at the chaos that was happening. The families had to run home um, with their kids, some toddlers who they had been carrying on their, um, sort of on their backs, lifting them higher they had to run away um, and get home as soon as possible. Instead of you know, just recharging from that experience, I spent hours afterwards just contacting all of the families that I saw, trying to make sure they had gotten home okay without being injured. I personally escorted some of the older members of our congregation home into their cars because they didn't feel safe um, going. And all of this is recorded. I wanna say that, um, I had become aware just that Sunday, that morning, that a friend of mine who was at the protest just uh, two days before, who had been fired on by a rubber bullet, was in surgery. And so that morning, I had gotten a text message praying for their safety and surgery. Um, and I had learned when I came out that they might not be able to have kids. So having our march disrupted by these rubber bullets, it felt extremely um, traumatic and hurtful really painful for our entire congregation. Uh, I mean, that that is like one thing. I will also explain just another level of distrust um, mm -hmm. that I felt like the police caused. Um, San Jose PD submitted a after action report where they listed in the report all of their instances of firing projectiles. And that incident, that firing of projectiles was not listed in the report. Mm -hmm. And so, we already had a situation of trust being broken with our SJPD and that omission, really critical traumatic omission, further disrupted trust um, among my community. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to just represent these experiences. I organized this, this protest, I organized this march. I feel very much responsible for the, tra the trauma that um, members of my congregation have experienced and, and uh, resulted in the police action. And I also feel uh, some amount of accountability at trying to rebuild trust with our SJPD and my community and feel like transparency, honesty, is honestly the only way that it can happen. And I haven't seen that on the SJPD side. So um, thank you for listening to my story. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate you sharing your experience in that, your community and your congregation. So. Thank you. We hear you. So let's take a moment to do a poll. This is a, we're, we're trying to have different ways to, to give voice and hear from people. So uh, we will have a poll now. And this poll is 
really a question that's pretty simple. Why did you join us tonight? You could be doing all sorts of other things. So um, if you are on Zoom, you can go to the polling function at the bottom of your screen. Um, oh, I'm sorry, in fact, I think it'll pop up as a poll. I take it back. Yes, so you can, yeah, people are answering. I see answers coming in. So some people came to learn about the process. Some have come to hear what others think about the event. Some are coming to air their concerns about police actions or non-actions. Some are coming for all those reasons that have been listed. While people are taking a moment to vote, I wanted to encourage if you are currently viewing this session on the City TV YouTube channel or on channel 26, we encourage you if you are able to join us via Zoom if you wish to engage with the polls or ask us a question in the QA function of Zoom. So if you are able and you are simply watching tonight and you would like to join us via Zoom, please do so. And we look forward to hearing from you. And, and just to add to that, again, if you are on the phone, you can't participate in the, the polling or the Q&A, but um, we do want to hear your voices. So again, when you can raise your hand to speak by pressing star nine. You can then unmute yourself by pressing star six, because we do want to hear people's voices. So I think we have more uh, additions. So can we end the poll and uh, show the results? So it seems by far, um, at least half the people are here because they want to hear what others think about the event. So again, the importance of, of listening and sharing is just emphasized there. I see no one had, no one said they came to speak in support of police actions. It's not particularly surprising, but sometimes people do. So thank you for sharing your ideas, your thoughts about why you're here. That helps us. Again, as the work continues, this is all part of what feeds into it. So do we, we would like to hear more from those of you who jumped on. So even if you came to hear what others think about the events last year, please share your own perspective as part of the events, if you were part, if you were there. We want to hear from you. We have Michelle, who has raised her hand to speak. Michelle? Sorry, Michelle, if you, there you are. Sorry. Sorry. Um, the day of the, uh, the main demonstration in downtown San Jose, I happened to get off the freeway and uh, not knowing the demonstration was um, going to happen or was already in progress, mm. driving down Santa Clara Street. So I came from the outside of town. Uh, the demonstration had started at the far end of the town off 101 and was moving towards downtown. I was coming from the opposite direction into downtown. And what I noticed was pretty quickly, um, prior even to getting to City Hall, you already had large groups of people that were defacing buildings, 
uh, a fair amount of vandalism um, on storefronts, on banks, um, people trying to do wheelies on or roundabouts with their, their cars on the street, uh, people that were just kind of lost. Um, people were um, approaching cars and harassing people in the cars that didn't know what was going on. By the time I got to City Hall, I had not seen any physical altercations at all. I did notice, I, I was on my phone telling them, hey, avoid downtown, take another route home, because it was about roughly four or five o'clock. Um, I passed City Hall, there was a, a police line. They had uh, streets blocked off. I just kept on going and I, I got home. When I got home, I immediately turned on the TV um, had, and I watched, it was ABC, was uh, the channel I watched for the next four hours. So there was no altercation, there was no violence from where I was from the outside of town to when I got home, I would have turned off on 10th Street. Um, I got on next door, there was a lot of chatter. Within a half an hour, um, people were like, oh, the police are firing bullets. I did not see that. Um, I did see a lot of taunting of police as I drove through. I did see a lot of people coming right up to the police face to face, baiting them basically. I then saw a video later on that evening of people from the neighborhood that came down because there was a demonstration, um, looky loose, I guess I would say, or probably expressing their rights, their first amendment rights, depending on your viewpoint. They would get right in the face of um, officers of, of a police line on their bikes, taunting them. They were asked to move back. They were told to move back. They didn't move back. Um, the crowd got rowdy. The people fell. They're now filing a police lawsuit, right, for being police violence, I guess is what they're calling it. Mm -hmm. um, I got home. I watched the, the video, and, and it was a blow-by-blow -blow account. If I'm, I'm hoping somebody has, has taken a look at that. Later on uh, that week, there were a lot of um, uh, local neighborhoods that got together uh, having their own little protests. I got involved again another night coming home from work with a group of uh, people on bicycles. Um, I was two blocks from my house. I was at a stop sign. This group of people came in with me, so-and-so's lives matter. And it's like, they weren't even saying what color, what people, whatever. It was like, lives matter, white lives matter, black lives matter, whatever. They were in my face. They were on my car. They were harassing me. And I tried to move forward. And, I, and then I opened up my window and I told them, I will run you down. Don't think I won't. Then they got out their cameras and had that in my face. And then they were on a lot. Some the leader was on a loudspeaker. She doesn't care. And blah, blah, blah. We got to get her. And I said, Tara, you want a camera? Here, it works both ways. Oh, well, this isn't working. We need to move on. So they did. I called 911 and reported it. Um, they knew about it. Um, what happened after that, I don't know. So I guess in my opinion, what I would say is I don't know that you know rubber bullets would, would necessarily the right way to go. But I did see a lot of hostility from the citizens. Granted, the emotions were high. Every time there's a, a group or a crowd, it seems like emotions run high and hot. And somebody gets out of control, and it just kind of like it becomes its own entity and feeds on itself. Um, I've lived in San Jose for close to 30 years. So this isn't the first one. Um, we've had festivities that have turned into the same sort of situation. So that's what I've seen and that's kind of what I think. All right. Appreciate your sharing your perspective. It was not pleasant. It was not pleasant. <laughs> I was, I'm sure it wasn't pleasant for the people that were in there face to face either.
I understand. Well, thank you, Michelle. So, and Teresa, do we have um, anyone else ready to speak? And if not, let me remind people that um, you can raise your hand with the raised hand function. You can raise your hand if you're on the phone with star nine. So we really do wanna hear from other voices. There, I know there are more people here. So if you feel comfortable speaking, we really do wanna hear from you. That's why I've come all the way from the East Coast. <laughs> We might run our second poll if people I, might participate in that way. I was just thinking, do I leave more space or do we do another poll? So, well, we do have a second poll question. So please participate in this. And again, if you're watching on the municipal YouTube channel or the television channel, you can join the Zoom and participate. So let's put up a poll question two. What was your role in the summer demonstrations? We've already heard from some people, but please answer the poll and give us uh, a little bit more information. I'm seeing the answers coming in. About a third of people have voted, so hopefully we can get a few more people. I'm seeing people who are protesters, people who are reporting for the media, people who were not directly involved in the demonstrations, people who were bystanders or observers. Okay, we'll give it a few more seconds before we close the poll. So if you have not voted, please do so. Okay, so that's been just about a minute. We've got, got a number of responses. So. Um, let's close that poll and share the responses with everybody. So about a third of you who are here, who answered, were not directly involved in demonstrations, but other people had a variety of roles. So we, we've heard from someone who was organizing a protest. We've heard from someone who was driving off the freeway and ended up in the middle of a protest and observed it. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone from the media who might want to speak and share their experience. I guess we can, let's, let's take that whole and see if we can draw out some more people. I'm usually pretty good at this, so don't, don't make me. Okay, so let's take that poll. So um, let, me, let me say a little bit about what I've been seeing nationally and, and see if this helps to spark Discussion. As we all know, I mean, quite a period with events around the country, George Floyd, a pandemic, and responses have varied. I mean, you heard from Mike at the beginning of this that there are a number of cities just in California that the OIR group has been looking at to examine what happened. And in cities from you know, Columbus, Ohio, to Austin, Texas, to Miami, Florida, um, to Boston, Massachusetts, right by me. What we saw was that as much as there's been talk about police reform and change, when people are protesting policing, it sometimes looks different. And I know that people here in San Jose have had that experience as well. 
but the way that that can change is by people sharing those experiences in addition to the research, to the looking at policies, to reviewing videos. And that's why your voices are so important. They're important in cities all across the country. And more and more, people are stepping up and coming forward to share their stories because they realize that without those stories, it's hard for many people to understand the need for change. And some people have understood the need for change for decades. Some people have come to that awareness in the last year, months, few weeks, but there's so many more people who can do that if they're informed by the stories and lived experiences of their neighbors, of people in their communities, of people they respect. So again, that's why we're here tonight. And that's why I'm, I'm here. So I'm going to encourage people to raise those hands. I know it's, it's not always easy. And, um, but it matters. It really matters. So I'm going to, uh, I will say, I, this was not part of the introduction, but I'm a Quaker. So for those of you who know, I'm, I'm fine with quiet. So I can give you a, a half a minute to say something. And I know television hates dead air. So we can do another poll, but I really, I'm hopeful that someone will raise their hand. And I see Teresa, it looks very exciting. I get really excited when I see a raised hand. Um, we have an individual who has identified themselves as B. B, I'm gonna go ahead and bring you up. And if you can unmute yourself, we'd love to hear from you, thank you. Hi, thank you. Uh, Blair Beekman is my name. Uh, I've been trying to learn how to participate in uh, city and community life, I guess, in San Jose for the past few years now. Uh, I've been trying to, there's a whole new system developing of open, accountable practices with technology uh, that really addresses the ideas of uh, reimagine and equity really well. I mean, it's part, there's been a whole series of things that have been developing and that this has been a part of. So I, I was not actually much participating in the protests. I thought it would be safer that I kept my distance. And, you know, I've tried my most to learn how, you know, my own knowledge about abolish issues and, and reimagine has grown uh, with time. And, and it's a learning process for myself. You know, I, I really, I try to be like kind of the know nothing go between, you know, trying to learn how to better understand and describe these things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm learning how to, um, you know, the ideas of reimagine are basically to address the future of our military industrial prison technology complex. I mean, we, we actually can do that now. And we can actually work towards ideas of peace. I mean, real peace and real democracy. I mean, democracy where it is an equal playing field for both community and its local government. It's not so much a time of uh, government handing down dictates anymore, I feel, is the goal. And my, my work with accountability with technology can really help with that. And so I'm just learning, uh, 
something that's really positive and hopeful we can work towards at this time and that reimagine and defund and and equity they get like a bad rap but they're actually like our better human ideals and i'm learning just to just say that and to, I, I speak at public comment often and just to offer those simple ideas and that you know that socialism is not a bad thing and that you know we we practice socialism ideas every day you know it's learning how to have just a more honest uh, dialogue and realistic dialogue about what, how we interact and, and work together. That's what I'm trying to work towards. And, and the George Floyd thing just really brought out that that's what you know we already are trying to do, and that's what we just need to really focus on and really want to do now. And I hope I hope uh, you know we we can be doing that. So thanks for your time and uh, letting me speak. Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for your commitment to engaging in your community and speaking out. Appreciate that. So we do have a couple more polls that we can pull. We want to pull a little bit more information from you. So we have a poll question. Um, so let's put that up now. And this is a question I think everybody can answer. How do you rate the police response over the summer. So again, you can use the, uh, you can answer the poll that's popped up on your screen. So people are starting to vote. How do you rate the police response in San Jose over the summer? Votes are coming in. That's good. Looks like we can have more people participate. That'd be great. <laughs> bit longer so we can get more, more feedback. Almost to we're almost through. Can we can anyone else want to vote? There's a few more seconds. And it won't surprise it may not surprise you since we're here that more than Half the people so far have said the police response was poor. But um, if anyone else wants to vote, please do so now. We're going to close the poll in just a few seconds. And when we have closed that poll, we have individual named Katie. Katie, I'm going to go ahead and bring you up. So let's yeah, let's show the responses to the poll. So it's not surprising, again, because this is why we're here with you tonight, but 60% of people on this, in this event say that the police response was poor. Nobody says good or excellent. This is important for us to hear and know. Mm -hmm. So now, Katie, um, please, you're, if you can unmute yourself. Hello, is this working? It is. It is. And so again, just okay. because it's, it's been a while, you know, we're asking people to share about your role in the summer demonstrations, your experience, those days, your thoughts on the police response and the impact this has had on you and your family and the city of San Jose. Thank you for being willing to speak, Katie. 
Absolutely. This is a little different for me. I am a reporter, so usually I'm the one listening, um, but I feel that if this is an information gathering session, I have information, so I might as well just recall. Um, I'm kind of going through some of my photos right now. Um, I moved from Minneapolis, for context, to San Jose not far after, not long after, um, or six months before this all started, so I kind of had a little bit of a uh, more insight into what friends and family were bringing and preparing for when they went down there. So I do think I was maybe a little more um, aware of what could go down. I had a um, some goggles and some different masks of those sorts. So, I mean, this is from my perspective, just on the outside, you know, it was a smaller group um, when things started, you know, we went all down to the highway, people were walking. It was about maybe a couple of miles, I think, as we were all walking down. Um, and I don't think this, any of this information is new by any means um, with some of the information that's been recorded. But as we're all walking back on Santa Clara from 101, um, I was taking notes for a story I was writing that day. So, you know, now towards the back of the group, and it was just a lot of confusion into where we were all going. But then one, one thing I thought that was really interesting was just the shape and um, design of how the officers were kind of moving around this, the, the group. So, you know, when we were at the highway, they might've been staying on the on-ramp and just watching, and then it kind of really hands off for the most part. And so by the time we're moving around um, and going back to where they, uh, the group started, it was interesting to see the lines of police vehicles that were going lights fully on, you know, kind of one arm hanging off of the vehicles. And it almost looked a little bit like posturing. I mean, that's one, I'm, I'm not one to normally make those kinds of assumptions, but just what was happening and what was going past us. It was really interesting just seeing the, the, the optics of what was happening. Um, and so that's kind of when some of the confusion really started. I was towards the back of the group that was heading back towards City Hall. And I mean, around 5 p.m. that day, that's when you just started hearing these shots getting fired. And obviously, we've seen the video of people, you know, getting close to law enforcement and all of that. But it was just a lot of corralling one way, corralling in another way, moving around, just so much um, miscommunication between officers. If you tried to ask, well, where can I go, especially as press, you know, I was trying to see, well, can I go around here? Can I go around this street? I need to go take photos over there. Or if I'm just up on top of um, some city hall stairs, you know, trying to stay on the outside, I seem to always be getting in the way. Um, so I can only imagine where anywhere anyone was seemed to be incorrect. Um, just with what kept going down through the night. Um, and so as people were getting corralled in different places, it was a lot of movement. And I think that's something to, uh, I'm starting to ramble a little bit, I guess. I'm not sure about my entire experiences, but I think what's interesting. Oh, no, just, you're, you're fine. Please do, keep going. <laughs> Great. So I guess what also was interesting is day two, people had started to kind of, um, gather in a small corner not next to city hall it was a couple blocks down i think towards the library and it was just always interesting to note that no matter how small a group of people were were who were gathering there were all there were law enforcement there kind of watching so it was always this seeming um relationship between here we are here's a protesting group law enforcement is there watching okay we're gonna go over here law enforcement is there watching there so it, it was a mix of following and communication to try and obviously understand and observe what was happening. Um, uh, but then it was just kind of kept, no information was really, uh, no one really had information. You know, I was, a woman spoke earlier about, you know, we had to get out of the way if people were walking through. I was on a sidewalk, my back to a building 
I had nowhere else to go and I didn't want to move off the sidewalk. So it just seemed that there was no good answer, nowhere to be, nowhere to be correctly. And I think that that kind of was a large theme overall. Um, and that might be just the end of my contribution to this uh, when it comes to feelings and impact. But, you know, I think it's, I will say from my perspective, uh, these kinds of experiences, uh, personally, you know, you can feel your heart rate increasing, you can feel your blood start racing. And mm -hmm. even if you're trying to come at this from an angle of just what is physically happening, it's hard to then make sure that you're doing things correctly when you don't even know the rules at hand, let alone when you do. So that's just all I really have to share. Um, but it was just really, it was, it, was, it was wonderful seeing San Jose kind of come together, especially as someone who was newer to the area and just seeing how many people were there. Um, but then also just noticing that the same problem here was the same problem everywhere. So I guess that's all I have to add. Um, appreciate you all listening. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate that. And again, I know it's not easy to share. And again, you're talking about being a reporter. Um, so it's, it's unusual, but I really appreciate your perspective. And again, as you know, I'm sure this has been happening all across the country. So it's, it's an important addition to the story. And thank you so much for that. We had a question in the Q&A that I wanted to address um, live which was how many people were attending this session. Um, and I just wanted to communicate to folks that we are on several different platforms this evening. Um, we are on the city channel, we are on the city's YouTube channel, and we are also here on Zoom. So I can absolutely disclose that we have uh, about 25 participants here um, on the Zoom call, um, but that's certainly not the full scope of the people who might be watching or engaging with our session this evening. Um, and again, if you are participating on YouTube or watching on the City Channel, um, we're grateful that you are here and you can choose to join us on Zoom if that's a possibility for you. Um, we have a, our next speaker is uh, Leif, and I will have you come right on in and go ahead and unmute yourself when you're able and share with us, please. I just wanted to add briefly, uh, I didn't know anything about the oncoming demonstration. I was awoken. I lived down near Santa Clara in 101, so I was awoken by all the helicopters flying around as people went down onto the freeway. Mm -hmm. uh, I went out to take a look at what was going on, and it seemed to me at that point, as the woman described earlier, who had been participating in the demonstration. At that point, the police were very restrained and I was actually quite impressed by, you know, the discipline and uh, organization. Uh, I was quite dismayed as the woman described. It seems pretty clear that it was mostly as the day unfolded when what seemed to me the most egregious <laughs> civil disobedience had gone without a hitch uh, people were quite anxious, news reporters were quite anxious, but, you know, it seemed like First Amendment plus here, they were making the point very clearly and disrupting, uh, and things seemed to be going quite well. It was only later in the day, and that was, you know, through watching news media that I could follow that, but I was, you know, surprised and dismayed to 
start to hear about, you know, the police actions that people interpret as, you know, San Jose Police Department behaving poorly. Uh, compared to the rest of the country, my impression is probably poor. I mean, poor was how George Floyd died. Um, that didn't happen. Anyway, I thought I'd just add that perspective that initially it seemed like the San Jose PD was behaving quite well. And it was as the day wore on that it seems like things deteriorated. And I have, I have heard that, you know, there was a staffing issue. So some of these officers were on the line too long and people on the street, you know, were unhappy and expressing clearly a dismay. And some of these officers may have been put up with more than they could take. So that's my comment. Well, thank you, Lee, for, for sharing your perspective and your experience and, um, and lifting up the different uh, ways of understanding how things evolved over the course of the day from, from what you saw. I appreciate your sharing that, so thank you. So I know we have one more poll question uh, that we'd like to ask people who are participating here to uh, answer so we can get a little bit more information in that way. And then we'll see if we have any more people who wish to speak, but let's put up that uh, poll question number four. So this question is, what aspect of the summer demonstrations was most concerning to you? What aspect of the summer demonstrations was most concerning to you? So um, the voting is open for people who are here on the Zoom platform. You can just go right to the poll on your screen. And again, uh, people can join this Zoom platform if you are watching on uh, YouTube or the City TV channel. So votes are coming in, but just a few. So what's uh, if I say, okay, now more people are voting. So some people are voting uh, treatment or mistreatment of protesters by police. Um, some have talked about lack of public cooperation with the police and that's showing up in the polling. Um, some have said they have different concerns and that's showing up in the polling. So the votes are still coming in. We're gonna leave the poll open for just a little bit longer. So if you haven't voted, um, and maybe you're trying to choose which of these to pick, but we do wanna hear from you in this way as well as hearing your actual voices. And it's looking like the, the voting is kind of slowing down. It's kind of like when the popcorn stops popping, you don't wanna over pop it, but. Okay, so I think we have all the votes in. So if our tech wizards can um, show the results. And so you'll see by far 70%, uh, the most concerning aspect was the treatment or mistreatment of protesters by the police. And then um, equally 10% uh, for three different responses. 10% police did not stop or prevent destruction of the city. 10% lack of public cooperation with the police and 10% had other concerns. So we see a range of opinion and yet a, a lot of focus obviously on how people who were protesting were treated by the police. So, um, Thank you for, for those results. And are, do we have another person ready to speak? Yeah, we have Michael 
who has raised a hand to speak. Michael, I am getting a message that you are on an older version of Zoom and we are not able to have you speak at the session. Let me oh, just no. work some wizardry here. Michael, go ahead and join us. Hello? Hi. Hi. I, I was on earlier and I was unable to vote for everything, but I, I, I realize I'm cheating a little bit here. I just wanted to really thank everybody today because usually things with the city are very hostile. Uh, city, the, the mayor, the city council, it's a very smug, arrogant attitude of the city and the police officers. That's the problem. That's why I, I was amped up. But, you know, the way you guys explained everything, it was a lot nicer. Even the way you guys cut me off wasn't rude. Okay, so, <laughs> and I mean, I could tell that you were trying because, you know, I'm not, I'm not always the, the uh, most unamped person there is, but given the, the decades of abuse by, and lack of, of concern for this police department, I think that's the culmination. I think that's the culmination of why so many people are unhappy with their police departments because they seem to come out and do the wrong thing. Right? But they want to give you citations. They want to threaten you. And I mean, they don't have a lot of friends. And I think they're seeing that now. They need to know that, that, that handing out citations and acting smug and arrogant and violent, it's not working. It's not working for them. And then you have something like this, and then they always say, oh, it's a staffing issue. It's a training issue. Do you know how much the police officers make in this town? hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes like a sergeant makes 300 grand a year and they're telling you there's a staffing or training issue these guys should these guys should be uh more than well trained for what they're paid i mean the deputy chief tyndall makes six hundred thousand dollars a year i'm sorry i lied five hundred ninety-three thousand. he doesn't know how to train people he's not trained I mean, these are these are high-tech salaries that these people have, and they need to manage this department better. They're, they're not. I mean, they'll take an hour to come out for a call of a homeless person sleeping in someone's car and then just give you a bad attitude for it. So you think people are going to care about them when someone throws a brick at their head? Well, Michael, I, I appreciate your honesty and <laughs> you had already spoken and thanks for the, the kind words about my cutting you off. So I'm going to try to be kind again. And um, I, I, I don't know if we now have any more, any additional people who would like to speak? It looks like we, we do. Yes, we have Yeme. Yeme, I'm bringing you on in and you can unmute yourself and speak. Thank you. It looks like you're unmuted, but we, we're not hearing you yet. Nope. Now it looks like you're muted. Okay, you're unmuted again. Hi, good evening. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. All right. Um, I got on a little bit late, so I'm not sure. Um, from what I've gathered, it seems like you, you're wanting to get input of experiences um, that a community had. 
at the uh, rallies, the summer, is that correct? Yes, exactly. Your, your, if, you know, your role, if you had one, your experiences, yeah. your thoughts on the response and how it impacted you and those you know. Absolutely. Thank you so much for um, giving this, um, creating space for this. I appreciate it. I headed to the protest on, um, at five, I got there about 5 p.m. And um, when I first arrived, I was just excited to see the turnout, which we don't get. I, I, I tend to participate in a lot of protests, and we don't see a lot of turnout for a lot of reasons in, 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 in Silicon Valley. So, But that day was different. It was a rainbow of people. It was, um, you know, um, different age groups, and it was really encouraging. So I was thrilled initially to, to be there. And as I got closer, however, um, we were faced with a very militarized um, law enforcement who was on the attack. And for me, who I'm originally from Ethiopia and lived through war in my native country as a child, and it was very triggering for me. I had difficulty sleeping um, for a long time after that incident. And um, I also volunteer with uh, the beloved community team, uh, a pact. And I and my partners have worked closely with law enforcement, specifically San Jose PD. I'm one of the instructors, um, have been one of the instructors for um, teaching procedural justice and implicit bias trainings to law enforcement. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and so we know what all that entails and, and knowing that every single officer has gone through that training and, and then reacted this way and the attack of the community was, was very distressing. Mm -hmm. um, people I know got injured very seriously and needed um, surgery. Um, people were being carried away around me. I was, um, while there, I was, um, another community person came and got me and moved me back toward, um, toward closer in the city, uh, the city hall to just kind of get me out of the harm's way. But it was, it was a really scary sight. And, um, and it was very disappointing that um, this police department um, did not, stand with the community in recognizing not only the horrors of what we saw happen to George Floyd, but also recognizing the impacted families right here in San Jose who have lost loved ones at the hands of the police department. And um, yeah, it, it, it was very distressing. Um, and I just wanted to offer that. I didn't go the following day, but I, I did go a few days later and we're always surrounded by law enforcement. And in addition to the helicopters, there was also drones over our heads. Um, it was it was it was a war zone. That's the what that's the only way I can describe it. Um, well, uh, I've been mostly not commenting. I just want to acknowledge that uh, the, your willingness to share this with us in light of how you described your experience growing up in Ethiopia and the work that you've done with the police department. So thank you for sharing that. And I of course appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So should, are, do we have anyone else in the queue to speak? We do. We have Scott. Scott, I'm going to go ahead and bring you in. Okay. Uh, good evening, everyone. Hopefully you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you, Scott. Okay, great, great. Uh, getting on to the 
I'm sorry, Scott, I think uh, it looks like your Scott's connection dropped. Uh, no, I've got him. Hold on. Oh, great. Okay. Scott, ah. do we have you back? Oh, I'm still here. There we are. Okay. Yep, we okay. can hear you now again, so. Okay, great, great. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Scott Largent. I, I uh, attended almost every um, day of the civil unrest and evening um, in downtown San Jose. Um, I'm a homeless advocate locally here in the area, and I had uh, basically when everything started popping off, I was getting a COVID test at the Santa Clara um, Extension of Valley Medical. Um, we had pulled out in my camper van. I was with Robert Aguirre, another well-known activist here in the Bay Area. And we were driving down Santa Clara Street, and we saw the groups of protesters coming up the street. And it was really neat to see all the different people that we knew in the community. And, you know, everybody, it just looked like a positive gig, okay? It was just really neat to see everybody. I mean, people weren't damaging property. They weren't, it, it, it was a peaceful gig. Mm -hmm. And, um, we, we made it down towards the freeway. I didn't go out onto the freeway. I kind of stopped pretty much at Roosevelt there. Um, it, it went really well. And then what I ended up doing is I went down towards City Hall, and that's when both of the, uh, the group from 101 kind of met up with the, uh, the, the other folks that were down at City Hall. And that's when the, uh, the rubber bullet hand cannon started coming out. And... Um, it was uh, it was really hard to see all this. Um, a, a lot of San Jose State, State students were out there. It was kind of their first time ever going out to a protest. Mm. I'm sure it's going to be their last time ever going to a protest. Um, I, I, I just watched a police department use people as target practice. And it was um, – I, I got shot several times. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I was shot with a regular, you know, gun or anything, but mm. – um, I was very disappointed in the leadership out there with our police department. Uh, basically, after they had shot people and, and, you know, used all the tear gas and, you know, after all that had kind of slowed down, the sheriff's department stepped in and pretty much saved the day. Um, I think they had the proper training. Um, their de-escalation was pretty impressive. They held the line. And most of all, they didn't sit there and, and use um, – this just violent communication. The the PD was literally sitting there talking chat to people nonstop, trying to get them riled up, trying to get them upset, um, saying horrible things to people. And 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 the sheriff's department didn't do this. And it just shows it's like night and day as far as the training there. Now I know the sheriff's department ended up there was somebody that um, I don't know what the situation was, tried to run over protesters, and they ended up shooting somebody. I do understand that that happened there. I don't know the specifics of all that. I was just talking about the, the general handling of the protesting. Uh, the sheriff's department held that line into the evening, and it, and it went really well. Um, what was also disturbing is the motorcycle cops chasing San Jose State students up and down the streets like dogs. Um, there was no curfew in place. Um, these young men and women were literally chased down onto the ground. They were shooting them with the rubber bullets. They were sticking these, you know, hand cannons literally almost to the side of their heads. Um, it was completely unnecessary. And, um, I don't think it's ever going to change. 
And I understand the other community meetings they had fell apart already. Um, I spent years dealing with the police department with uh, Chief Garcia, you know, Mata, Knopf, uh, Tommy Troy, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole Muppets upstairs there. And, and they don't run that place properly. They stab uh, community activists in the back and they're just disconnected from the community. And, and one other thing real fast, um, there was something else that happened after that initial protesting and there was there was community members that got out there and they were members from the church and they were all out there at city hall and this just shows you the disconnect when they did that and they were out there to defuse everything play music you know just kind of bring the community together when that was going on the pd is literally setting up a command center over there at the arena as if all this civil unrest was starting over again. All they had to do was take the time to go out there and talk to the people that were out there. Pastors, priests, you know, community leaders. It was the most mellow environment, yet the PD's setting up for battle again. There's no connection between the community and our police department. And I've gotten to know a lot of the good men and women that actually work there, but the upper brass is out of touch, so... I appreciate being able to talk. I'm, I'm just disappointed, and I really honestly don't think anything's going to change. So thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your experience, Scott, and, and the experience of the community that you work with as well. And um, obviously part of what we do is we work to make change. So I, I hope that change does happen for San Jose, and we're, we're going to do what we can. But I, I, I hear your skepticism and understand it. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. So I'm looking at the time and I'm just, I want to check in with our team and see if we have anyone else who would, who is looking to speak as we uh, come closer to the end of our session. And it looks like there's no one. So just a reminder, if you're on the phone, you can raise your hand by doing a star nine and then you can unmute with star six. So if there's someone who was not able to do that, now you know how, and you can raise your hand. We do, we have another call-in user. Okay. All right, Go so- Go ahead and uh, unmute the, yourself. Yep, you are now unmuted, so you can speak. Hi, it's me again. And since no one else wanted to talk, I just wanted to thank you guys again. And I wanted to thank the woman who let me on the computer again, because the city of San Jose doesn't do that if you have outdated software. They keep people from not speaking, and they only limit you to two minutes, and they usually cut you off before the two minutes. But you guys don't do that. Maybe you guys should run the city council maybe because <laughs> they don't know how – they will not – I have an updated – I had I the software updated on my computer, but they won't help you at all. They also put the wrong uh, user ID or you know, ID numbers sometimes to keep people from, from speaking. And I know that we're supposed to focus on what happened on that day, but I'm focusing on things that create the buildup for that day. And not being able to speak at city council meetings or being cut off is bad. I've been walked out of a community meeting at a public library by San Jose PD because they didn't like my question. I just asked a question to a, to a police captain, and she called 
two police officers and they, and they threw me out of the meeting. They let me back in because they didn't have any charges. What I'm getting at is that there's a lot of little things that San Jose PD does to make people not like them. That's the problem, right? That's why people get angry with that department because they don't treat you right. When you know when you have a when you have a theft or you know walking down the street, I've been harassed by them. It's it's you know the the, the citations, the stacking charges on people. They do these things, and then they wonder why they're not popular. And then now all of a sudden they need to buy toys for kids at Target to make them look good. That's not making them look good, right? It's the attitude, it's the arrogance. It's the same with city council. They're the same way. They, the city, this, this city wants to send people out with code enforcement and measure a flagpole or tell someone they can't have a shed in their backyard. Mm-hmm. I think there's more to it than just this thing with George Floyd. I think George, the, the murder of George Floyd is when people said, I've had enough. I've had enough of police violence. I've had enough of you know, trying to stitch somebody up for some petty crime. You know, George Floyd died over a counterfeit $20 bill. Do you realize the Secret Service won't even come out if you've got thousands of dollars? If you catch someone with thousands of dollars of uh, counterfeit bills, they won't even come out for that. Are they going to come out for $20 for George Floyd? It just should have said, George, George, look, here's $20. We love you, baby, and walked away. It could have, it could have stopped all this. No, no, they had to be right, didn't they? That's so, the problem. So I'm, I'm going to be that nice guy cutting you off again. So, <laughs> But again, I, I appreciate what you're, you're sharing, and I, I do – I think we all understand that these issues are broader than one incident. And also part of our task tonight is to – to really listen deeply around the incidents that happened during the protests. So um, let's, let's see if there's anybody else um, who would like to share. Maybe we'll say who hasn't yet, <laughs> so, <laughs> because we do want to give people voice. You In can raise meantime, your hand on the phone. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, Teresa. In the meantime, um, I've had a question in the QA about future listening sessions. Um, we are currently only have this listening session scheduled at the moment. That does not mean that we will not have sessions in the future, um, but it is likely given that um, you know, we are uh, close to our time now that we will uh, request that people email us directly. We'll flash that email again, um, and we may set up future events. Um, the best way to hear about these would be on the city's page. We have also done quite a lot of outreach on the various um, Facebook and social media, other social media outlets. Um, and so we will certainly publicize in advance as we did with this one. Um, it might be in the local paper as well, which this particular session was. So we'll work to make sure that those uh, future events, should there be any, um, be highly publicized as this one was, and we hope that you'll join us. Um, but if you do have something that you'd like to share, as Brian has mentioned, do share it tonight. Do take the opportunity tonight to voice your particular stories, your concerns, your experiences, so that we can be certain to hear from you on the off chance that we do not have the opportunity to meet with you again. And, and I want to, again, extend a special invitation to those who have not spoken. If you feel comfortable, we would love to hear 
your experiences around the protest. Brian and <clears throat> Brian and Teresa, as people are, are thinking about whether in the next uh, few minutes they want to come forward, while well, I, um, I, I would just indicate to you all that uh, I've learned a, a whole lot. I've been taking notes most of this time. And there are, are a number of themes that um, have been presented this evening that are, are worthy of follow-up. And thank you, Brian, for, for um, your patience and your, and your great listening skills and facilitating skills that I think brought out um, a lot of helpful information. Um, and it ties up with some of the things that we have actually been tasked to look at already. So if you recall, one of the speakers talked about um, the after action report that the police department put together and that the event that she had been describing did not appear to uh, uh, in that report. Well, that report is something we are going to be looking at through a, with a fine toothed comb. And so to see, to hear that there may have been an event that was missing uh, is remarkable and something that we will clearly um, want to follow. The other um, uh, uh, piece of information that I found extremely interesting was the account by the reporter. And uh, as you know, Brian, we don't, reporters are often um, reporting and not, and not um, speaking their truth and experience um, in these forums. We really appreciate that she did, but we already know um, based on media reports and other, other information we've already received that on one of the protest days, a reporter was in fact arrested in San Jose. Mm -hmm. So again, that's an interesting uh, piece that we'll be obviously very focused on as we go through our, our after action review. Um, but it was, it was very interesting to hear from a reporter's perspective of, of uh, what she was living through as a participant as well um, and observer of, of the activity. No, thank you for, for sharing that, Mike, and that, that analysis, because I, I, you're absolutely right. And, you know, to the extent that, again, anyone who hasn't spoken has something to offer. I mean, there are other ways to do it besides speaking tonight, but, but hopefully even Mike's brief sharing helps you to understand that as people coming from the outside who, who look at these issues, it is so important to hear those personal stories. And you just, you never know when one little piece opens up a window into something that otherwise was hidden. So these sorts of sessions are, are deeply important for the work. As I, as I said before, it's not just the research and reviewing the videos, it's hearing those stories from people who lived through it. That lived experience has to inform um, the work to identify what went wrong and how you identify what needs to change going forward, what needs to be put in place to create the kind of policing, the kind of public safety that your community needs and deserves. And that was my invitation for anyone else who would like to speak. Again, uh, just to remind you, if you are on the phone, you can raise your hand so we know you wanna speak with star nine and we can then make sure we hear your voice. But maybe we have heard all the voices we will speak again. That we will, unless someone wants to speak again, excuse me. It's, I'm, I'm still on East Coast time, I apologize, I'm a little tired, but happy to be here.
Brian has had a long day and we're most grateful for him joining us. Um, oh, I'm grateful to be here. I really am. So, B had typed in a comment and I will go ahead and have him voice that out loud. Um, so go ahead, B. Very, very nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, I just simply wanted to quickly offer uh, what I typed. Uh, how do we want to talk about uh, current SJ police, SJPD police chief Mata uh, for the future of one of these meetings? And how can we uh, talk publicly about tactics SJPD can use for the future of protests? I think it can. there can be public involvement because, uh, boy, at the time of the protests, uh, I was with some DSA people, and we were all commenting the same way that uh, they could have been, there was a hundred choices of, of peaceful tactics they could have used at the time that they didn't. You know, so things are there and available. I hope we can publicly talk about those sort of things. And thank you very much to Scott Largent. I think he offered a really interesting, good story about how, uh, and perspective how to view the, uh, the situation. Thank you for the meeting. Thank you, and thank you again for your participation. <clears throat> and Brian, just, just to Mr. Beekman's point, um, he asked about further discussions. And right now we are in the fact collections piece of our project, but uh, this project's intended to be entirely public facing. So um, before we signed on, we understood what the scope of work was and we understood that we would be able to have conversations with um, city leadership when we're done. So the report isn't going to just go on the shelf. Um, we are going to be able to engage with city leadership and the public through the city leadership. And uh, we look forward to that piece as well. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Mike. It's an important reminder. Other voices that need to be heard tonight. If there's no one else, what? Wait, I, did, I, did I see a hand go up? We have so, Scott's hand popped right back up here at the end. Scott, would you like to be our final speaker today? Okay. There you are. Okay, great, great. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting a kick out of your cat in the background there. That was pretty <laughs> – and your daughter. <laughs> Zoom bomb. <laughs> this is – it's real life, man. It's real life. <laughs> oh, but that's awesome, though. That's awesome. I kept looking in the background. I'm like, wow, her hair's going every which – oh, that's a cat tail. No, <laughs> um, I really um, enjoyed the uh, – I'm not sure what his name is, the gentleman that you guys have been kind of going back and forth with uh, that's on the meeting right now. I've been listening to him at city council meetings. He really takes it to the mayor there, and he's starting to get a fan club. I mean, because I really enjoy what he has to say, and he's knocking it out of the park. Our, our, our city is extremely difficult to deal with. They always take public comment, knock it down to 30 seconds if they end up hitting that nuke button and letting you talk anyway. Um, the mayor tears up speaker cards. They really don't want to hear from anybody. Um, and that's what's made it so difficult as an activist in the community. Um, and, and, and I just worry that they're not paying attention. And I, I went to these meetings for a long time at city council. It just started burning me out. It wasn't getting anything done. And, and same with meetings with uh, the police department. I've sat down now probably about seven different times with Chief Garcia 
and he basically just stabbed me in the back. He never did anything he would say. And and I worry it's going to be the same thing with uh, Chief uh, Mata. And, and I'm I'm very uh, I'm I'm just very concerned. And and I guess this might be kind of a weird question. So the city hired all of you to to do these chat groups, or what what's going on with this gig? I mean, I guess that's kind of an interesting question. <laughs> that's a question I think I'll turn over to Mike because Mike is Mike is the okay. best spokesperson for that. Um, Scott, um, yeah, we we have been engaged to to do this and and holding these sessions is part of our part of our uh, scope of work, if you will. Uh, but you know, a good part of it will also be digesting the material. It's great to hear you in this session, and uh, we didn't rip any speaker cards up this evening. Um, and that's not that's not how we roll. But we it's also just so you know, Scott, we are also the monitors for the um, Santa Clara County public safety components. So I get to hear you often in uh, in the county uh, in the county board meetings. So it's good to hear you again. Well, that's really good to know. I didn't realize that. That's really neat. Thank you. Okay, so I think with that, I am going to uh, pass it back over to Teresa just to uh, talk about how, again, how people can reach us. And I just really, before I, I, I let go of the mic, as it were, I'm, I'm really grateful because, again, there's lots of other things people could do. People spoke tonight uh, who clearly have experienced traumatic uh, interactions around what happened last year and and people who are deeply emotional and yet people really shared from the heart, people were respectful and people took the time to be here and share. So thank you all. So with that, I'm gonna hand it back to Teresa. I echo Brian's thanks for everyone who was so willing to not only participate um, by sharing their stories verbally, but also in the polls and also just giving your time and energy to be here and to listen. Um, as we've mentioned, there are many ways to contact us. The most direct would be to email Mike directly. His email address is there on the screen now. It is michael.janaco at oirgroup.com. You can also visit our website. We have a form there which is available for you to contact us. And we are also um, available um, via uh, I believe we have Facebook at the moment, um, but the best way would be to reach us via email. And we look forward to hearing if you have any additional stories, any data, videos, photos that you wish to share, um, do please reach out to us so that we can collect as much evidence, um, as much information from the people who were there on the ground, from the people who experienced this. We want to make sure, as Mike said right at the onset, that we are as unvarnished as we possibly can be, um, that we are hearing the voices that are often not heard in these types of reviews. So we do encourage you to reach out to us when you are able. Thank you. Yeah, and I will, since I began, I'll just end by um, reiterating all that uh, has been said. We hope that this is the beginning of um, an interface with the community, communities of San Jose uh, about this very important topic. Uh, to the degree you're willing and able to participate, it will inform what we find and what we uh, conclude. 
Um, if we don't have the information, we don't have the information. But we've learned a lot today and uh, appreciate those of you who have um, spent time with us to, to share your, your experiences. My th thanks to Teresa, who's kept us all uh, on, on point and on time. And, and Brian, again, thank you for uh, taking your time on the East Coast to, to join us and, and help walk us through this evening. So thank you very much. Good night, everybody.